are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sun Devil fans, it is a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Happy to have you here with us as we're going to be previewing the game against Creighton as they tip off later tonight. They're going to be talking about early 2023 needs as signing day is approaching. They're also going to be discussing Jack Jones, who opted out of the Vegas Bowl against Wisconsin. Remember, you can find us on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios, and you can find Richie Bradshaw at Richie Brads with the Z36. Remember to subscribe and make sure you're seeing all of our content coming out Monday through Friday. You can find all of our podcasts coming out through Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Odyssey app. But thank you so much for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode is also brought to you by Sonos. Reinventing home audio for today and tomorrow, the smart home sound system help the world listen better. Tuesday edition here, folks. Uh, I'm always obligated to ask. It is in my contract. If not, I don't think I can actually do the podcast without it. Richie, how you doing today, my friend? I am doing good. Connor, I am three school days away and four work days away from winter break, having two weeks off, and relaxing with not a stress in the world, and I may or may not be counting the minutes. ASU doesn't make you stressful? No. Yes. No. Final answer is yes. The final answer is yes. Speaking of being stressful, let's start to break down the game against Creighton. We play Creighton tonight. Uh, They're a team right now that's currently 8-2. Currently 8-2. Granted, it is against lesser uh, opponents, right? Uh, Not that I, I say this as ASU is just this powerhouse basketball program, but Creighton's played a couple really good opponents this year. They have played... Uh, both Colorado State, who was ranked number 23 at the time, losing 95 to 81. And they also played number 11, Iowa State, losing by a slim margin of 64 to 58. So that game was pretty close, but that's their only two losses this season. Every other game has come against a non-ranked opponent. This would be the same thing against ASU themselves. So Creighton is still a quality basketball school, not necessarily playing in the biggest games yet this season. Um, ASU is riding this win streak right now of two games, looking to to extend this over their next three games as they look to take on several non-conference uh, opponents. Uh, initial thoughts uh, against Creighton. Creighton is a very quality basketball school. So I, we were taking a look, and they only have two games where they didn't shoot, or not shoot, but they didn't score at least 60 points in a game. So they have no problem putting up points, and they've got quite a few quality guys. Looking here, they've got... Four guys who average 11 points a game with Ryan Hawkins, their forward, being their number one scorer at 14.5 points per game. He also gets 6.5 rebounds a game, and he's shooting 49.1% on on his field goals, 84.2% on his free throws. So clearly Ryan Hawkins is going to be the guy to watch on this team and the guy who's probably going to give ASU the most fits. In the meantime, I mean, like I said, they they got four guys who average over... 11 points a game, Ryan uh, Nemhard, I believe is how you say that. Right. Wow. Just you mean a, that's not a household name? Are you serious? No, and neither is this one. Ryan Kalkbrenner and Alex O'Connell. So the the three Ryans of the apocalypse are are going to be the, the, the number one focus 
for the Sun Devils is trying to figure out how to shut those guys down because they're they're having no issue putting up points in bunches right now. And I mean, the whole team is doing a pretty good job, but those those are your three guys that are likely going to light up the box score and you're going to need to find a way to limit them. I don't think the Creighton Blue Jays have a, a team nickname, uh, but uh, they have to work the apocalypse in there somewhere with all their rhymes. You're welcome. So we started to rattle off some stats on yesterday's edition of the podcast, which if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to the Monday edition. We kind of talked about where ASU stands in terms of like total points that they're they're uh, essentially scoring per game, uh, their field goal percentage, three-point percentage, free-throw percentage, blocks, and steals. Uh, a ton of different statistics kind of give you a, 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 an overview of how ASU is playing this season. Looking at the Creighton Blue Jays, as a team, they're only shooting 31.6%, which is a little bit higher than ASU's 29 and change, so not the deadliest team from deep. Uh, however, they are shooting almost 70% of their free throws, and their team shooting percentage is almost 10% higher than ASU's at 49.1. So, Which is disgusting. This t- <laughs> this Dude, team... Uh, real quick, Cal Brenner is shooting 72.9% of his field goals. <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, and his field goals, I thought you said free throws for something like that's That's solid, but yeah. 72%. I'm curious how many shots he's taken, but in all 10 games he's played, clearly he's playing at a very high level if he's making almost 73% in all 10 games. So uh, a lot of guys to watch for this this in this upcoming game. It's not so much that ASU's defense is going to be able to uh, essentially key in on one guy. Because if I'm their head coach and I'm trying to make sure Ryan Hawkins is not doing as much damage as he has this season, they've got several other players who can do just that against you. But ASU's going to have to come to play, right? We've talked about how their defense has been very solid at times this year and even i'll even throw out the word I'll, I'll even say dominant at times this year but their offense does not have any room to mess around uh they, they've got to essentially go blow for blow with this blue jays team because if they start to fall behind i, I don't feel like creighton's going to necessarily let them back in this game short of an, an opportunity that asu's defense is going to start to carry them and allow for their offense to come back into this game uh ideally it's just a situation they can avoid altogether it talked about gcu how i predicted that's exactly what was going to happen. Couldn't have been further from the truth. ASU had a 16-6 to lead at one point uh, and then led after the half. I don't want to say that they should just lead uh, throughout the entire game and lead after the half. That's not very good analysis, uh, right? I, I don't think that's how we're supposed to do our job. Um, I, I, yes. I think if they put up the most amount of points, they do win the game, I'm being told. So it, that's, that's bold. They cannot look over their opponent. Let me just say that. They have two losses against some very tough schools this year. And again, played Iowa State uh, very tough uh, just within the last week, week or so. Uh, So if this team can go up against the number 11 ranked team in the nation, ASU does not really have any wiggle room in this game to be able to to, uh, compound their mistakes. I shouldn't say they're going to play perfectly. Hardly anybody ever does. Uh, But ASU, if they're making these mistakes, if they're uh, turning the ball over to Creighton and Creighton is capitalizing on those and getting points off of that, it's fine. You can't take those opportunities back. They just can't can't allow Creighton to go on huge runs uh, because their defense is only going to keep them in this game so much. Yep. Yeah, no. Totally. And I mean, Creighton is always or not always, but at, in recent years they've been a very quality basketball team, and this year looks to be no different. They don't they don't sit eight and two by accident, and they don't play two ranked teams very very closely by accident. So this is going to be a handful for Arizona State, and I have a feeling that. This, I, unfortunately, I don't like to be the Debbie Downer, but this is going to be one of those games that ASU is going to drop. I'm hoping that they can find a way to keep it close, but I'm not feeling good about this game, Connor. I, I think that Creighton could very much expose us with 
their high field goal percentage, and I, I think that they they're going to have no issue putting up points. The defense is going to have to be on its A game, and they're gonna they're gonna need to limit opportunities for open shots because if they give too many open, I mean, it, it feels like Creighton's not going to miss too many of their opportunities, and you you give up too many opportunities, you're going to give up a lot of points. You give up a lot of points, you lose games, especially when ASU's offense is having so many issues putting together strong stretches of putting up a good amount of points, I don't I don't think that ASU can keep pace with a team like Creighton. So they need to find a way to limit whatever Creighton wants to do offensively because if they can't, I do not trust them in a shootout. Well, Richie, you know what we always like to say? If ASU can find a way to win this game, that would make them a good team. But you know what would make them a great team? Covering the spread? Covering the spread. Currently opening up at 7.5. Uh, prior to tonight's game. We'll see if that changes at all leading up to the game. Uh, but seven and a half, that, that feels... I, I don't want to like jinx us, especially because we always like to make fun of ASU not really covering the spread a, very, uh, a, a ton this season. I think I like seven and a half for ASU. I, I think if I'm a I betting man... too, honestly. If I'm betting right now, I'm writing so much saying ASU is going to win this game. I, I think Creighton is a very solid team, and if ASU is off at all, they're going to take advantage of us. Uh, but seven and a half, I... I'm going to be taking ASU to cover it in this game. You'll be doing the same from the sound of it? I I think I would. I mean, I'm not personally putting money down on it because I don't trust ASU uh, against, against the spread, but I do think that that's actually a spread they could cover, which is interesting because, like I just said, Creighton's going to put up a lot of points, and I don't know if ASU is. So if if all goes wrong, we're going to lose this game by 10 or 15 more. Over-under is currently sitting at 136.5. Creighton is averaging 73 and change on the season as a team. I would look at ASU, which was lower in the Pac-12. I want to say averaging somewhere in the 60s. So they're, they're probably coming right in and about that over-under on average. But we've seen ASU, in a game this year, put up 30 points. Now, we can look at that from, from one of two directions. One, we can look at it as, as ASU has the potential to absolutely just fall off the face of the earth and not show up for this basketball game. But from the other angle, we can talk about that game hurting ASU's average uh, and potentially that being a reason to take the over on this game. It's I think it's going to be... Uh, and Vegas is obviously so good at this as, as they normally are. But to me, this is going to be an over-under that's going to be very... Um, you're going to be sweating this come towards the end of that game. I think I'm going to be taking the over on it. I, I think it's just barely going to hit, though. So with that, we're going to be talking about some other uh, potential news or at least... Uh, our thoughts on the 2023 signing day and what ASU needs to do to be able to replenish some key positions as we start to see players in 2022 fill out their roles. You're listening to the Lockdown Sunnibals podcast. BetOnline has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. From basketball to football to NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Bowl season is here, Cinnable fans. I've been telling you about Prize Picks, and if you still haven't signed up, what are you waiting for? In addition to college football action, Prize Picks makes college basketball more exciting. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. 
They're a leader in college sports daily fantasy. Pricebooks offers more college football and basketball props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid-major players you might not have ever even heard of. Pricebooks offers you any prop you can think of in basketball. You can play points, rebounds, assists, threes made, and even more. Here's how it works. You're going to use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you're going to, all of your users that use this code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. PricePix also allows mixed sports entries where you can take the over on Embiid combined with the under on Rodgers in the exact same entry. Use the award-winning app on the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PricePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com and use the promo code locked on or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Thanks again for making Locked On Sentinels your first listen every day. Make sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview, local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview begins this Friday. Richie, the college football playoffs might be coming up. And as far as I know, I don't think ASU is playing it. I think they have a bowl game, but I don't think they're top four in the nation. Correct? Uh, we want Cincinnati? Uh, we do not want Cincinnati. I want the smoke? We do not want Ritter. I I don't care about Ritter. It's that defense. Very true. Either way, ASU is not playing in the college football playoffs this year. So we're looking at actually the next recruiting class for 2023. There's going to be some needs for this team. They're losing a lot of players this essentially even after this season as well. A lot of guys either graduating or headed to the NFL, or at least think they're heading for the NFL. But with that, there's going to be a ton of kids who we haven't gotten a ton of chances to see that are going to fill in. Some are definitely going to be hits. Others not going to work out as this coaching staff is expecting. Richie, 2023 rolls around. What are the biggest positions we're going to need to replace? It starts with quarterback because that that will officially be the year that Jaden is gone. If you could bring him back for a fifth year, would you? No. Okay. No. So uh, on this roster, I, I'm trying to remember. I know they've got uh, Trenton Borgay behind him, who I think he's really only played maybe against Washington State, and he threw a touchdown pass to Andre Johnson. Yes. Uh, right as we were walking out of that game. Yeah. So so short of that, Trenton Borgay is just uh, he's he's here on this team. He's definitely not their future. Um, after that, I know they've got some other bodies, but nobody notable. Um, we know that Spencer Rattler is not going to be coming here now with Jaden Daniels coming back for, for his senior season. Uh, do you still want... So, Jaden Daniels was brought onto this team with this huge promise of being a, a dual-threat quarterback. Do you feel like you got that? Um, I, I think that you've had two different Jaden Daniels because his freshman year looked like the really good passer that we believed he could be. Really efficient passer. It's not like he was passing for thousands of yards and a ton of touchdowns, but he really wasn't turning the ball over. Uh, yards no, but per he was very, okay. very effective, mm-hmm. and he was getting the most out of his weapons. So from that standpoint, we got what we wanted. Second year, we started to see it all come together. He was he was still really good passer, but he also was a very effective runner. He took that next step as a runner. This year, completely regressed as a passer, but became a dominant runner. So it just it, it's been so tough because that four game stretch in 2020 looked like the most complete Jaden Daniels that we've seen, and there is hope that he can get back to that form. I mean, there, Connor, I, I do wonder if or not if, but how much this young receiving core truly affected Jaden Daniels. 
I, I just, I want to know if that might change with another off season with these guys who a lot of them are freshmen to really get everything under his belt and figure it out. So we'll see there, but I mean, for, for 2023, which is what we're focusing on right now, quarterback is going to be the biggest need here. So I don't, I don't know what the plan is. I don't know if Borgay is the guy and it's going to be hard to tell because short of Jaden getting injured or just playing like absolute dog water next year, there we're probably not going to see Borgay that much. And by then he's at least a junior, if not a senior, but it, it's just one of those things, Connor, where looking ahead, you just, you know, that it's going to be a uh, changing of the guard at the quarterback position. So, so you're totally right. And if, if we're talking about who Jaden Daniels is throwing to, going from Nikhil Harry, Frank Darby, and Brendan Ayuk, who are all currently playing in the NFL, all at different facets for sure, but they are currently on NFL rosters. So then going against a ton of receivers who, as of today, aren't going to the NFL by any means. It definitely does make a difference. So it's at least fair to give Jaden Daniels that. Now let me ask you kind of an oddball question. Because the easy answer is, we want the best quarterback in the nation. We want the Heisman winner. We want the next best thing. If this team is going to stay so focused on the run and you have a chance to build up around this quarterback, but you get maybe a less athletic, more of a game manager style quarterback, but you're giving scholarships elsewhere. Is that maybe the route that you want to go or do you want to try to t- roll the dice on another Jaden Daniels? You you got to you gotta give me more information. If by game manager you mean like Taylor Kelly, then yeah, sign me up for Taylor Kelly. If you mean dynamic runner like Jaden Daniels or Manny Wilkins, I'm also good with that. If you're thinking a complete opposite direction, like a Mike Bercovici, I can get behind it. It's just one of those things where I'm just I, I need to see how the philosophy of the offense changes. So if if it's one of those things where Zach Hill is going to remain dependent on the run, then I need a mobile quarterback or someone who can move but can manage a game. So that's kind of where I would be with that. So folk again again, getting back to 2023 though, quarterback top of the need list. Running back would be up there too, especially if you continue to have the identity of a run first team. And if Danny Nagata has a big year like we anticipate him to, he could declare, which would leave you with very young players at the position. And I would just like to have backup guys. Agreed. And as I mentioned towards the very beginning, or at least earlier on in this podcast, there's going to be other guys in 2022 that play well. Like let's take uh, Eric Gentry as an example. Not a guy we expect him to step up and be essentially uh, uh, an all uh, an all American, right? Or at least make the All Pac-12 team. Do is phenomenal. There's going to be other guys like that, or at least along the same path, where we're just not expecting players to come up uh, and at least be starters or good depth pieces. So that's fine. So now we're looking at 2023. The kids that we're going to be signing for that draft class or that recruiting class, I should say, who's going to come in and who's going to essentially contribute to this team? So now you had mentioned running back as well. Uh, totally right there. I think Zach Hill's identity with this team is probably the biggest question mark. I'm assuming they're not going to want to run away from it, so they've got to find other guys that they can still be able to run the ball with. Uh, losing both Chip Trainum and Rashad White in the same uh, offseason is going to be different. I think losing Rashad White really does hurt this team, uh, but we'll, we'll see how they'll rebound. Uh, we get to watch Jen Gata here uh, against Wisconsin Badgers coming up in the Vegas Bowl. Uh, but other than that, we'll, we'll see how other kids they have coming in behind him. So what is a little unfortunate, I will say about the quarterback position 
is regardless of how he played in his tenure here and what he's going to do in his senior season, Jaden Daniels is the biggest name you've had at quarterback in a long time. When he was when he announced that he was coming to ASU, it was such a big time for the Valley. So big. It, it, essentially, he was the number two dual-threat quarterback in the nation uh, coming in. So you just... I don't think you're going to get another kid of that caliber. No. That doesn't mean you can't find another one to play just as good, if not better. It really does not. Maybe as athletic, maybe, maybe not. But if you can find a kid who can pass the ball at a much higher rate and also get some better receivers in here, that could change the identity of this ASU offense going forward. Yep. So, and I mean, in the meantime, I'll tell you the one position I don't think we need is going to be a receiver because we're going to continue to be a run-heavy team. And we got plenty of young guys like right now. So, I mean, by the time 2023 rolls around, Andre Johnson's going to be a junior. LV Bunkley Shelton will be a senior. Was he a sophomore this year or was he a junior? I think he was a junior. I, I think he could be gone. Okay, so Bunkley Shelton could be gone. Johnny Wilson will be a junior, I believe. So, there's still going to be some young guys. Chad Johnson Jr., if he doesn't transfer, will be a senior. Um, they'll, they'll be depth there. Obviously, you want to recruit those guys every year. But the point is... Uh, main positions would be quarterback and running back. Obviously, you want to continue getting offensive line, and then just all over the defense. Because right now, Connor, I don't think you can. I don't think you can pinpoint one position on the defense where you're like, yeah, no, that needs to be re- retooled. So it just they, there's going to be so much turnover on this defense that we're not going to have a clear eye view of it until after next year when we have a chance to evaluate guys. Because short of Eric Gentry right now, I don't know if there's very many guys like a Jordan Clark, I guess. Could be another guy who could be really good, but they uh, it, it, it's just going to be one of those one of those things where it's going to take a whole season to evaluate what you're going to need. Really quick before we we move on, um, in 2023, I, I'm going to talk about it instead of 2022 because I can include one other name in it. But your defense in 2023 is not going to include Tyler Johnson, Jermaine Lole, which is why I can talk about them in two years, not just one year. Uh, but then all of your linebackers, Robertson, Butler. Soli, you I guess we'll have another Soli, uh, and then Jack Jones and Chase Lucas. That's a lot of turnover. DeAndre Pierce will also be gone. DeAndre Pierce, that's uh, Evan Fields, I think as well in 2023. I think will also be gone. And I'm not I'm not sure uh, Jordan Clark could also be gone. So and again, this is college football. Guys are staying for for maybe five years in the right situation, uh, or I guess the wrong situation, however you want to look at it. So 2023, I, I do they're going to get a lot of needs coming into this team. Uh, hopefully can replace what they're going to be losing over the next season, season and a half. So with that, we're going to be talking now about Jack Jones is no longer going to be playing in the Vegas Bowl against the Wisconsin Badgers. We'll talk about that coming up in just a bit. You're listening to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. The holidays are around the corner and finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter college into their search bar to order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you'll get 24 entrees like the world-famous bacon-wrapped filet mignons, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use the code COLLEGE, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha steak burgers free with your order. We've all heard the reports about shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com, and you'll get eight free burgers when entering the code COLLEGE. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. OmahaSteaks.com, keyword COLLEGE. We're back talking about a 
not-so-fun topic with Jack Jones declaring that he is going to miss the Vegas Bowl against the Wisconsin Badgers. That's that's good and bad, right? We, we understand who Jack Jones is, who he's meant to the Sun Devils team in his tenure there, and him getting ready for essentially what's going to be the Senior Bowl as well as the Combine, getting ready for the NFL Draft. He's focusing a lot on improving his draft stock and making himself some money. We've said on this podcast before, that's not a selfish move. Good good for him, right? Go go do what's absolutely best for you. It sucks that we don't get to selfishly watch him play one more game. It really does. But at the end of the day, like this is his career, his decision. Got to respect where he's going with that. Yeah, of course. I am definitely pro player when it comes to this kind of stuff. So go get your bag. I mean, he's got nothing to prove. He's... He's one of the best corners of the last 10 years for Arizona State. I put him up there with like a Lloyd Carrington and a Chase Lucas. So, I mean, very, very quality corner for Arizona State. One of, one of the better transfers that they've had over the last 10 years as well. Again, put him up there with a Jalen Strong or an Eno Benjamin. No, Eno wasn't a transfer. Yes, he was. No, I don't think he was. Never mind. Point is, we or let's say Rashad White. There we go. So... He's been a very good corner for us. He's been a very good transfer player for us. He has nothing to prove for this organization. He's given it his all, and his all was very, very good. He's a a guy that I'll be telling my kids about when I say, Dad, tell me about DBU, and I'll be like, oh, man, we got to start with Jack Jones. DBU. DBU. In the state of Arizona? No, just entirely. Because I can't think of one Arizona cornerback off the top of my head. Wow. Mike Haynes, Hall of Famer, one of the best ball hawks the league has ever seen. Eric Allen, Darren Woodson. Well, I mean, it wasn't being serious. Yeah, you better not have been being serious. As far as recently goes, DBU in the state of Arizona, maybe. Demarius Randall. At least in terms of, you know what I meant, U of A, right? Not Arizona State. What? We're talking about DBU in the state of Arizona. And I said, I it's Arizona State. I, I definitely meant as far as corners or at least DBs come out of the school of University of Arizona. So, no, it definitely ASU by a lot. Yeah, the uh, only one I can think of from U of A would have been Anton Kaysen, who was like a high second-round pick in like 2009 or something like that for the Chargers. Definitely, uh, if we're talking about actual DBU, really quick side tangent, obviously we're going to be talking about like LSU. Alabama is definitely putting their name in there. Uh, anyone else off the top of your head? Yeah, you talk about Florida State, Miami, Ohio State. I mean, they're, uh, Michigan maybe, or is it just Charles Woodson for them? I don't know. There, there's all sorts of schools. Texas. Like there, there are tons of schools that you could talk about as DBU. All I know is Arizona State has actually put in a big, big handful of quality guys. I just named three guys who – one of them's already in the Hall of Fame, and Eric Allen and Darren Woodson are both semifinalists for this upcoming Hall of Fame class. So, I mean, that's three Hall of Famers right there. Getting back to the Vegas Bowl, Jack Jones missing for this team gives us an opportunity similar to what Rashad White is doing. It now kind of shifts the corners around. Chase Lucas is going to assume the number one role. Now we get to see some other depth in this team, and who else is going to play on the outside? Could it be a, a Jordan Clark? It could be. A, I'm trying to remember. They, they have some other guys that we've seen throughout this year. But again, not names as notable as uh, Chase Lucas and Jack Jones. Uh, Richie, I, I know we discussed later this week, we're going to be talking about other players who should opt out of the bowl game for the exact same reason as Jack Jones, essentially to focus on potential uh, upcoming draft in the NFL. Uh, but as far as losing Jack Jones, do you think that significantly is going to impact their defense or do you think they're going to be able to rebound? I think they're going to be able to rebound because the defense as a whole, Connor, is good enough to 
to absorb a hit like Jack Jones. And I mean, Jack Jones is arguably the best defensive player on that. On a, so, I mean, it just it's going to be a tough blow, Connor. There's no doubt about that. But I think we have the resources to absorb a hit like that and continue moving forward and putting up points, or not putting up points, but not allowing points, excuse me. So I, I think that this sucks. But I'm saying this sucks as a fan. Because at the end of the day, this game doesn't matter to hardly anyone. It matters to the fans and to the players, obviously, because you want to win your bowl games. But in, in terms of the bigger picture, I mean, this this is just a game. Like it, It's almost like a scrimmage game, if you think about it. Like It doesn't impact anything except your your box score. So... It doesn't. It doesn't bug me that Jack Jones is sitting out. In fact, power to him. I. I think this is the smart move for his career, and I definitely am happy that he's doing it because right now I could see him as high as a fourth round pick. Like he is that kind of quality defensive back, and teams are starting to value those slot corners, which is where Jack Jones is going to fit in nicely. And he's a good feisty dude with some with some ball hawking skills. So I think that. Yeah, is he going to be a fourth round pick? Probably not. But you're saying that is like a best case scenario. He's going to have to go through the Senior Bowl, through uh, the Combine Pro Day, and absolutely just ball out kind of in all facets there. Yeah. Speaking of Senior Bowl, uh, Mr. Mr. Jim Nagy, you need to get Jack Jones his Senior Bowl invite. I'm sure he heard that. So I hope he did. So Jim, I love you. Can't wait to see you. Really quick note before we close out here today, Uh, we talked about Wisconsin being a a potentially not potentially they they are a very run heavy team. So losing a guy like Jack Jones maybe doesn't alter the game plan on defense as much as you might think when you lose a player of his caliber. The the one the one thing to remember though is Jack Jones is a very very strong run defender. Sure. So it's you're going to lose your outside contain. You 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 definitely lost something on the defense regardless. But it, again, it gives you an opportunity in a game to to see some of the depth that's going to be coming into 2022. So we can look at it from that angle and at least have something to look forward to in that game. But thank you so much for making Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day. Make sure to come back. Uh, we have content that comes out essentially Monday through Friday. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Odyssey app. You can even click that subscribe button and get a notification every single day for when that new episode is released and you never miss anything Sun Devils related, basketball or football otherwise. But you can find us on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios. And you can find Richie Bradshaw at Richie Brads with a Z36. Uh, now make your second listen of the day, Locked on Bets. They're going to be your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. You keep it locked on right here with the Locked on Sun Devils podcast.